Well, praise the Lord. We are going into the Word now. And uh, as you know, those of you who have been watching the live stream for the past few weeks, we've been talking about Church Powerful. And uh, we're continuing, we're going to continue down that road because it's such a powerful and important message for the church today during the season of lockdown and pandemic. And also what we believe is we're getting to the end, close to the end of it, of a dispensation. And uh, yeah, nobody really knows when the rapture will take place or when Jesus is coming back. Only the Father knows, but we, he gave us signs. And when we look around and we see what's going on in the world, there is no doubt in my mind that we are getting close to the return of the Lord. And so the church has to arise right now. I believe that God is wanting the church to become like the New Testament church. The early days when after Jesus' resurrection and from that time onwards, what is recorded in the book of Acts needs to come back into the church all over, not just in pockets here and pockets there, but all over is what God is wanting. That's the heart of God for his church. Amen. When, Je when Jesus comes back, he's going to come with a triumphant church, a church that is powerful. And so in the past few weeks, we've been talking about various facets of, of, of church powerful. And, and I've been talking uh, about the things that hinder the power of God from becoming manifest in the church. And I'm at that point right now where I'm going to finish off about compromise. I left it last week and I said, today I'm going to explain to you how do we compromise as the people of God? How do we allow that spirit of compromise to work in us and, and through us? And uh, this is the question that I'm going to be answering uh, today. I want to share with you some of the common areas of compromise in the church today. The very first one is a love walk. You see, God says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your might, all your soul, and all, all your mind, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that is a direct instruction of God to the church. Amen? But we say, it's too hard. I can't do this. I cannot do that. And then we proceed to put this aside. And yet this is one of the most important commandments of the Lord to the church. Now I want to say to you, if you are one of those who have put this commandment aside because you say, no, I can't do that. It's too difficult. You need to get before the Spirit of God. Ask Him to enable you. Remember? Spirit of God is our helper. Yes, of course we can't do this in our own power, in our own anointing. But with the anointing of God, with the power of God, with the Spirit of God, we can love like God wants us to love. Amen. In fact, the Bible says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. So we've already got that seed in us. It's just a matter of saying, God, if you're asking me to do this, it means that you believe I can do this. And with the help of the Spirit of God, we are able to love. And we, we don't have to compromise that walk, the love walk. The next area that in the church that's very common where we compromise is the faith walk. 
Amen. God says, the righteous shall live by faith. That's what God says. We say, this faith thing is not for me. It's for the pastors, for the prophets, for the apostles. You know, they, they got to do this faith thing. But it's not for me. And we proceed not to develop our faith. You need to understand faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And we have to develop faith. Bible says God has given to each one the measure of faith. But it's in seed form. Now, it's like a muscle. You know, if you don't work out your muscles, if you don't go to gym, if you don't, don't, go, don't exercise, if you just lie on your bed all day, your, muscle will, your muscles will atrophy. That means instead of growing and become stronger, the opposite will take place. It's the same with your faith and my faith. We've got to nurture our faith. The just shall live by faith. So we compromise the faith walk because we think it's not for us. It's for pastors and leaders in the church, but not for us. They're going to pray for us because they have faith. No, God wants you to have faith. He wants you to develop your faith. He wants you to grow your faith so that you can walk in the supernatural just like everyone else and receive what heaven has in store for you. So that's a, the, the second thing that is quite common in the church. People don't develop their faith. They don't grow their faith. And then the third one is in the area of finances, giving of tithes and offerings. This is what God says. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. What do we say? We say, well, I won't have enough money left after paying my bills. And we proceed to give God a few crumbs here and there. Well, let me say this to you. You want breakthrough in your finances? You better begin to sow like God says that you have to sow and I have to sow in his word. He says, watch if I won't open the windows of heaven for you and pour down such a blessing that there will not be room enough to contain it. Let me tell you, through the years I've been serving the Lord, 42 years, and Pastor Lindsay and I, we've been faithful with our tithes and with offerings every time God spoke to us. And we've never lacked. 42 years. I had to cut my salary in off to come into the ministry. Twice. But yet God has seen us through. He's blessed us. Why? Because we've been faithful in terms of giving of tithes and offerings. And so this is the third area that is quite common in the church. Only 40 people, 40%, uh, sorry, of Christians actually tithe. No wonder the church battles. The church struggles sometimes financially. Why? Because the people are not bringing their tithes and offerings. They are afraid that they won't have enough. But let me tell you, the reason you, have, you don't have enough is because you're not honoring the Word of God. You're compromising the Word of God. Now, there's other areas like serving the body of Christ. You know, most churches, 20% of the people serve. The rest of the people don't serve. They don't get involved with the work of a ministry. Regular fellowship. Do you know that in the U.S., people go to church once a month? That's it. Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of the saints. Regular fellowship. We compromise on that. What about the fruit of the Spirit? Developing the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, love, joy peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, all of these things. We compromise on that. We don't focus on letting the Spirit of God bring these things out of our lives. What about worshiping in spirit and in truth? 
Often we compromise. We sing songs and while we're thinking about our business and whatever, we compromise our worship. What about flowing in spiritual gifts? Again, people have a tendency to say, this is for the pastor. No, it's for every believer. For every believer. Flowing in spiritual gifts. Submission to church authority. That's a big one. The pastor said, come on, guys, we're going to sink a borehole. God's spoken to us as a team. Come on, let's contribute. And only a few people do the rest. And now, well, the rest, we don't. We don't. We don't submit to church authority. Or when there's issues that need to be addressed in our lives. We don't. Today, it's very difficult. People are, are not used to submitting to authority. And so we compromise on that. And... Uh, the other thing is making the day of the Lord a priority in our lives. And there are many, many other areas that are quite common in the area of, of compromise in the church today. But then we compromise the word of God. We compromise what God wants us to do. We don't do these things, but we still expect his power to flow in us and through us. Well, I've got news for you. God will not entrust his power to those who compromise his word and do not honor him by doing his word. You see, we can't just be heroes of the word. The Bible says we, we can't. Don't be heroes, but be doers of the word. When you are just a hearer, nothing will happen in your life. But when you become a doer of the word of God, God begins to act in your life. Amen. And he releases his anointing, his power, and all of these things will become more and more manifest in your life. Compromise is one of the main reasons why the church of today is devoid of spiritual power. We live in the, in the days of a compromising church. And I'm, I'm not just talking, and, and, and maybe it's you watching at home, maybe you at an in-person gathering. But let me say this to you. If God is speaking to you right now, then repent. That means turn away from that. Make a different choice. Make a decision right today. I will not compromise the word of God in my life. Let's clean our lives up and mean business with God. And when we do, he will mean business with us. Amen. So, so far we've been looking at five things that are a hindrance to the power of God. And today I'm also going to pick up on part of number six, which is lukewarmness. Lukewarmness in the church. Lukewarmness, remember when you read the book of Revelation and John had a revelation of the seven churches and lukewarmness characterized the church of Laodicea. You will remember that. And this is what Jesus had to say about it. I mean, this is quite powerful. This is quite, quite radical. Revelations chapter 3 verses 14 to 18. These are the words of Jesus. And to the angels of the, of the church of Laodicea write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the head of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot. Notice what Jesus says. He says it's better for you to be cold, that means go serve the world, or hot. Come and serve me. Okay? But because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. Oh, my golly. I mean, this is something. 
This is probably the most radical word that came out of Jesus' mouth in the entire New Testament. He says if you are lukewarm, he's going to vomit you out of his mouth. Because you say, I am rich, and and I am made rich, and I have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. Wow, and I'm going to show you where lukewarmness comes from. Remember that script, that verse, verse 17. Then verse 18, he says, I then advise you to buy from me gold, having been fired by fire, that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed, and your shame and your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. The key to lukewarmness is found in verse 17. This is what it says. Because you say, I am rich, I'm made rich, I have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. The cause for lukewarmness in the church today is abundance. Now, I need to say this. Does God want you to be poor? No. Of course, God wants you to have abundance. For every good work. It says so in his word. But lukewarmness comes in when we no longer have the pressure of having to press in to God for his provision. And for many, many people, when everything goes well and God blesses them and they are walking in abundance, guess what? They don't need to pray anymore. They don't need to press in to God. And that's when your heart becomes open to lukewarmness. It's a very sad thing, considering that God's perfect will for his people is to have abundance in every aspect of our lives. We know this is the will of God. But if we're not careful, that abundance can also work against us by generating the seed of lukewarmness into our lives. That's what it does. In other words, instead of being more and more thankful and falling more and more in love with the Lord for blessing us, we become blasé and too comfortable. We become too comfortable. Do you know that many of the uh, revivals that have happened have come through persecution, where people had to, where God had to rock his people out of of a comfortable zone because the more comfortable they get, the more they move away from God, the more lukewarm they become. And then God will rock your boat because he loves you too much to leave you there. He will rock your boat and bring you back to him. So instead of being more and more thankful, falling more and more in love with the Lord for blessing us, we become too comfortable. And I believe that this is the reason why sometimes the Lord does not make it that easy for us. I know for myself, if everything came so easy, all I have to do is get up in the morning and just walk around and God blesses me. If it was so easy, I know that lukewarmness could easily settle in my heart. But having to press in, having to press in sometimes for our provision, having to press in for a breakthrough in our lives... We remain on our toes in the Lord, if I can put it like this, and lukewarmness cannot settle in because we are forced to press in. We are forced to believe God. We are forced to get back to the Word. 
and lukewarmness cannot settle into our lives. You see, lukewarmness settles in when we no longer continue to depend upon the Lord for our provision. Maybe, may it be financial, may it be material, may it be emotional, may it be spiritual or interpersonal, all these areas. When we stop having to depend on the Lord, we are in a danger of becoming lukewarm. And I need to make that truth so clear to you today because we have to take stock on our lives. We have abundance and we switch our dependency from the Lord back to ourselves. Lukewarmness settles in when we begin to declare we have no more needs. That's what Jesus said in verse 17 to the church of Laodicea. You say I am rich. I don't need, I have no need for anything. So that's when lukewarmness settles in. All my needs are met and we are inadvertently, and we inadvertently, sorry, include the Lord in our list. In other words, we don't realize we're saying, God, right now I can forget about you for a time. I'm doing well. You've blessed me. Thank you. And now we forget the Lord of the harvest, the Lord of the blessing, the Lord that provides, our provider. And we become lukewarm towards him. Many people in the church today are so comfortable that they have gone lukewarm towards the things of God. You know, sometimes we don't like it when God, you know, tightens the screws. We don't like it because it's painful. We prefer to just float around. But sometimes it's necessary. Because it draws us back to God. How many of you have experienced that? I have. When I was feeling at the bottom of a barrel. When I was really feeling down. That's when I turned to God. That's when I said, God, I need you. And God will allow that in my life. Because without it, I won't go back to him. That is the story of my, my uh, running to Jesus. I was in the pits as a young man. I was in the pits of depression. I was, I was unhappy. I wasn't good. The Lord allowed this to happen because you know what this did? It drew me back to church. I'd stopped going to church. I wasn't serving the Lord. It drew me, it drew me back and I said to myself, I have to get back to church. After a couple of years of staying away. And God allowed that because right there he made me meet some people. And that meeting right there and then changed my life forever. It changed my life forever. I want to say to you, don't allow lukewarmness in your life and get too comfortable because lukewarmness will rob you of the power of God. You see, God has blessed the church so much, not only in material things, but also in spiritual revelation. The revelation we have today is amazing. I think we are living in a dispensation where there is more revelation than the entire history of a church. There is so many books, so many CDs and talks and whatever, preaching, beautiful preaching messages. We cannot say that we don't know. Knowledge is abounding. Spiritual knowledge is abundant. But you know what? Sometimes the church begins to take this abundance for granted and no longer appreciates it. And this is detestable to the Lord. 
upon whom we ought to depend, whether we have abundance or not. We depend on the Lord every single day, whether he's given us abundance or not, seeking his face, seeking his will, seeking the direction that we need for our lives. Sometimes the Lord will bless you with abundance. Why? Because he needs you to sow a seed, to bless a poor person, to bring something to pass that only you can, because you have the abundance of finances to do it. You have to become a kingdom financier. And your heart needs to be set on that so that God will take you to where he wants you to be. Amen. Someone said this. Too much of a good thing is not always a good thing. I want to say that again. Too much of a good thing is not always a good thing. Amen. And so when lukewarmness moves in, God moves out. <laughs> I'm sorry to be so blunt this morning, but that's the truth. I'm preaching the word of God. When lukewarmness settles into your heart, God moves out. Amen. I'm not talking of, his, of, of your salvation. I'm talking of his power, his anointing. That's what I'm talking about. Watch the strong words that Jesus uses to describe his response to lukewarmness in Christians. And we read that in that scripture early on. He says, I will vomit you out of my mouth. These are indeed strong words. I would hate Jesus telling me that. I don't know about you. I'd hate facing Jesus and says, I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. Wow, what would I say? Lord, sorry, sorry, sorry. You want abundance in your life. You want power, anointing. Just serve the Lord. Don't allow lukewarmness to come into your heart. So Jesus said, be hot or cold, but please, please, please don't be lukewarm. Don't be lukewarm. I'd rather that you don't serve me at all or that you serve me with fervency. But that middle of the road thing is not for Jesus. He declares in verse 17, he declares that, of that uh, book of Revelation 17, that scripture we read early on. He says, look on people are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Is that what you want to be in the sight of God? Wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked? No. As far as the Lord's concerned, lukewarm people are in a very bad place in his books. And I want to deal with that spirit today because it stops the power of God from working in you and through you. And we're talking of church powerful. If you want to rise and be part of the end time church and the power of God and, and manifesting in your life and through your life, you've got to deal with that. Actually, lukewarmness is a form of unfaithfulness towards the Lord. That's what it is. It's a form of unfaithfulness and uncommitted heart towards the things of God. Although we are part of a church and profess to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are at the same time flirting with the world, flirting with the flesh and the desires of the flesh. We can't have that. We can't have that. And that's unfaithfulness in the sight of God, and he will simply remove his power or you won't see the power manifested in and through your life a lukewarm christian will never grow in the power and anointing of god because it does not come cheap it doesn't come cheap i'm sorry but it doesn't 
There is a price for God's power. There is a price for his anointing. There is a price for his presence. And that price is surrendered to him. To be to have a surrendered heart to the Lord. Surrender to his will for our lives. And they surrender to his ways as described in his word. Lukewarm Christians have little surrender to the Lord. And are not prepared to pay that price. We get more and more blessed in the Lord. We need to take a rain check as God blesses us more and more. We need to take a rain check regularly and assess whether lukewarmness has begun to creep into our lives. Amen. And if you and I detect that this is happening in our lives, we must go quickly before the Lord in repentance. Ask the Lord and also the Holy Spirit to restore the fire in us. Many, many Christians don't say, I don't need the fire. Yes, you do. You do. If Jesus said to his disciples, wait for the fire before you go out and be my witnesses, you better believe that you need the fire as well. The fire of God will take you away from a lukewarm heart and will make you burn with passion for Jesus. Hallelujah. Now watch what the Lord says in the is the antidote for lukewarmness. Verse 18 of that same scripture. He says, I advise you to buy from me gold, having been fired by fire, that you may be rich, and white garments, that you may be clothed, and your shame and nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eyesal that you may see. Three things that are the antidote of the remedies for lukewarmness. Number one, gold refined by fire. Jesus, buy this from me. You know what that means? That speaks of a fire of the Holy Spirit over baptism of fire. Baptism of fire. We need to become thirsty for the fire of the Spirit in our heart. And never lose that thirst. That's the first remedy for lukewarmness. The second one, what Jesus said, white garments that you may be clothed and your shame, your nakedness may not be revealed. What does that mean? That speaks of repentance for carnal, from carnality and the sins of the flesh that generally creep in with a lukewarm heart. We need to repent of that. And then the third thing that Jesus said that we need to get from him he says, anoint your eyes with eyesal that you may see. That speaks of a revelation of the word of God that opens our eyes to the truth and removes spiritual blindness from our inner eyes. We need to spend time in God's word for that to happen. Three things. I want to say this to you. If you mean business with God, deal quickly with any form of lukewarmness that has crept into your spiritual life. It is too dangerous to remain lukewarm. Amen? Too dangerous. I'm going to stop here today. And the six things, just to remind you, that prevent the power of God from flowing into your life and into my life. Six things which we have dealt with so far. Unbelief, number one. Number two, sin and carnality. Number three, Spiritual ignorance. Number four, religiosity. Number five, compromise. And number six, lukewarmness. These are the six things we've dealt with so far. And I want to say, if you haven't watched the previous sessions, it's important that you do. 
I, I really, in my heart, I really feel to say this, it's important that you get the entirety of this message so that you begin to open the way and make way for the power of God to work in and through our lives. Amen. I trust this message penetrating your heart right now. So Father, right now, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you give every believer, every Christian who is watching this program, Lord, that you would give them, Lord, a complete motivation to get rid of lukewarmness and all these other things out of their lives so that your very anointing and your very power may operate in and through them. Lord, give them the revelation that they need in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen and amen.